Hey everybody, the con artist here. We are here to talk about our rolling review choice for the fall 2016, and that was Shumatsu no Izeta. Uh, we're not going to have the greatest of things to say about this show. If you've been following along with us in the rolling review, you'll know that it started off strong. We were super excited, and then yeah, everything just kind of exploded into, you know, giant red bursty things and... <laughs> you know, masquerade balls, and anyway, it was not the best, so... And pie. And, and pie. Pie. Oh, pie. And pie. So, yeah, it was just not not the best. So, anyway, we're gonna uh, just talk about some of the things we liked first, and then go through some of the things we didn't like, and why we really felt like this show was a massive disappointment, because I think we all agree it had the potential for greatness. Absolutely. Scott, you started this thing, uh, you were the one who did the first episode review, set the stage for us because we i think we oh, were yeah, all so fairly guess, impressed yeah, i so was I super excited i watched the pv for this show and really? like so you touted were, it as the one we should over pick this. i was so excited because also it's an original anime so it doesn't actually have a light novel or a manga or anything it had to follow that is and true. i like trying to support those because they they like they have fresh ideas and they don't have to adhere to anything so i was like come on yeah, they don't need be to... good they don't need to be in support of the brand. They can try what they need. Yeah, so episode, I mean, so the basic concept for anyone coming in and just wanting to listen to us is it's World War II all over again in a world just like our own with slightly different names, except that there's a witch on the side of, I don't know, Switzerland slash Liechtenstein slash whatever. There's a little country in the Alps. And they're going to fight against Nazi Germany with the power of magic. And there's only one witch. So kind of cool asymmetric concept. And they really kick this off in episode one, which, like, honestly, episode one could be almost like a standalone short movie or OVA. It's nearly flawless. Oh, yeah. There's, and like, it, intrigue and chases and the fight on a train. It's got a fight in a train, like, as the opening thing, basically. Like, there's this princess who's trying to make it to uh, whatever the allies for talks or something, and the Germans are hot on their tail, and there's a chase on the train, and they find sort of come into brief contact with this witch who's sort of like a of course the nazis are gathering occult artifacts like witches hmm. so they've got her in a box somewhere uh yeah she's got to go into hiding and like the nazis capture her and then like they escape and there's an amazing scene where she's negotiating with this british guy and he's like oh i'd love to help you but i just got the word that your country has been invaded while we were talking and there's there's opera they're, they're sitting at the opera and like the opera music swells as they show scenes of the country being attacked uh, very well done like fantastic i don't know cinematography yeah and i think you really felt the sense of weight that came with this tiny country being at war with this overwhelming force so it, it set the stage so nicely yeah like the main character is really likable like fine the princess is you know she's action oriented and she makes her own decisions and you're like wow all right strong female lead i like it uh, now alongside what we all hoped would be a second strong female lead is that of the witch who's her friend. Yeah. She comes yeah. out, uh, in the very end of episode one and into episode two, uh, the show tends to follow very close on the heels from one episode to another. So there's a very strong sense of continuity, which I like. It also moves very, very fast. That oh, yeah. dog fight is so awesome. And that's a, that's a one, right? Where she uh, falls out of the plane. No, it's up two. Oh, it's actually. Up two. Yeah. F one is where um the the transport plane breaks up. That's where it ends, and then episode two oh, is we finally light. actually yeah okay yeah yeah that, that's right. And that was you're yours, right, Brendan. Right. You got to see the you got to see the dog oh, fight. Yeah. The first chance we saw of like how is that his powers work? 
Yeah. And there was, uh, I mean, they were doing some cool stuff. She's got the, you know, drawing the ambient magic or whatever to do the, uh, the flight thing. And then in a move that is never seen in the show ever after episode two, uh, like using her own blood to, uh, you know, conjure forth, well, in this case, ice spikes, but presumably other stuff potentially. Yeah. Um, Right, like her, she can't directly throw projectiles at anything. She has to use stuff that's in the local area, like either pick right. up something and enchant it, or in this case, throw blood onto the snow and then cause that to do something. So her magic is like she needs the like environment to work with. And one of the things she's basically that... Jackie Chan, but a witch. <laughs> and one that's of a the... nice way to put it. One of the things that's revealed later on is that magic in this world, it flows in ley lines, you know, rivers of energy and all that kind of stuff. And there's a map of it and you can see how, you know, so much of the country is covered by this energy, but there's areas, pockets of it scattered throughout, you know, not Europe, uh, where there's just no magic or very little, where she can't operate as well. And that starts to, you know, do some really cool things. In later episodes, they actually have to uh, pull these you know, these elaborate deceptions, like using uh, explosives and snipers and other, you know, more conventional means in order to fool the Germanians into thinking that the witch has power wherever she is, because... That was a great uh, episode, by the way. They're like, oh no, the Germans are coming through, like, the one gap in our defenses that isn't magic-powered. We have to make them believe it works. And it was clever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was actually very impressively done. Mm -hmm. And and everyone was working together, and it, it, everyone felt like a team, and... You, you were honestly kind of holding your breath and you're like, oh man, are they going to figure it out? Are they going to figure it out? And everybody puts on such a performance that it all works itself out. And you're like, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yeah. it worked out. And it all sort of, a little bit before that, actually, it had all sort of come together. I think I was, I was one of the, I was one of the lucky ones and I got episode three, I believe, which is where yeah, you did. You know, we've introduced Zeta, we've given the basics on how her power works. Germania is on the doorstep of Elstadt, the not Liechtenstein country, and is just bulldozing their way towards their one of their last like strong points. Izetta oh, Cronenberg, the, yeah, the main yeah, fight there. Yeah, and uh, Izetta and the princess have fled there after joining up with uh, the what remains of their army. And the soldiers are like, well, we can't go down to help our uh, friends on the front line. We'll just be slaughtered. But everyone, you know, it's like there's this there's, there's sense of patriotism and duty. And, you know, at the same time, you know, Fina is struggling because she wants to let them fight for their country, but she knows that she can't spare them. And there's a lot of, you know, emotions are running really, really high. And Izetta finally takes it on herself to... Um, go out there and use a whole bunch of, like, weapons from a medieval castle that the uh, fortress is built on top of to start just raining hell on the troops and tanks. And she, you know, the more energy she uses, she's able to, like, flip tanks up and throw them that at each other. That was the best. She's just, like, oh, throwing tanks it, into other tanks and flipping tanks clean over, and you're like, yes, everything this, is great this right is the, now. This is the pulpy absurdity that I was hoping for in a show about witches fighting Nazis. That, it's like, when you tell me that premise, this is what I want to see, this is awesome. It's beautifully choreographed, the CG is actually not bad, it doesn't, you know, look out of place. Um, and the attention to mechanical detail in the show, I've got to say, like, it is breathtaking how much energy they pour into getting, you know, the the weapons to look right, the tanks, the... And you... there's a guy who absolutely loves cameras and lenses. Oh, oh yeah. my I don't gosh, know who this yeah, guy definitely is. Definitely the, like, dat camera was, was happening everywhere <laughs> in this show. We were like, look at how gorgeous, like, 
all this other stuff is kind of and wow this crowd scene is ugly but that camera man like, yeah right absolutely. like oh, yes. that video camera or that static you know you know take one picture at a time camera like just gorgeous detail on those so i don't know who this guy is that loves cameras so much but like thumbs up buddy and, and other neat details like scott i know you pointed out the um the propaganda posters were practically lifted from you know real world uh Oh, yeah, like they're in Germania and there's propaganda posters on the wall. They're like, they all look about right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, I don't well, know yeah, German. A, a but... lot of that was actually done well. Like a lot of the newspapers when you were in Germania or the things they were reading, like when uh, Reset was reading the story of the witch, like they're all in German. So they took a lot of time to do that. Right. Or how about the time, uh, like speaking of pulpy, when like America starts putting out witch girl comic books, like there's a one second shot of a comic book cover for like witch girl amazing witch girl number one or something oh yeah and it was like that's in, in, in a style of an american comic like the the picture it was like ah that's a really nice touch mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it was so good tons of you know tons of set dressing and background details and just a really well realized world partly this of course comes from the fact that they're just copying 1940s europe but even so, there's a dedication to their research that they, you know, they clearly wanted this stuff to feel authentic, which in some ways I think was kind of a problem because the, it, so many things were so close. The uniforms, the, uh, the gear, the names of almost everywhere. There's several places whose names aren't changed at all, like Normandy and uh, a bunch of other locations. Just for some reason, they didn't bother to come up with another name for them despite the fact that we're dealing with, like, Albion and uh, the United States of Atlanta and Germania and all that kind of stuff. But, um... Oh, where was I going with this? Uh, just so many things that are so closely tied to the history that when they start to diverge from it, it becomes a bit unclear. And I think that's where our first hints of trouble started. And, Brendan, I think even in Episode 2, you were starting to point that out. Well, I was just worried is all. Uh, I mean, it's the uh, at that point, the show really hadn't given any indication that it was going to flop. Mm. It was just uh, I wasn't sure where exactly it was going to go. Because, um, uh, yeah, we're looking at 1940 German, uh, Germany, which in real life was still, uh, you know, recovering from reparations for World War One, And that's largely why. They decided to uh, flip out and start reasserting themselves and, you know, conquering stuff is a uh, like is is because of what happened to them uh, back then. And so I was very curious as to how much of that history was retained in the show. And we don't really go into that, I don't think. I mean, because Germania in the show is an empire, not a like broken down uh, whatever kind of state that it was. Failed democracy, I suppose. Something like yeah. that. Whatever, whatever yeah. you want to call it, that's a history lesson in and of itself. But no, you're absolutely right. They are ruled by an emperor, Otto, or whatever the hell his name is. This so mustache-whirlingly evil that it's like Hitler would have told him to tone it down. I mean, maybe. It's, it's sort of weird. Like, he's sort of in the background being like, we should go... Like, I want the witch, basically. Like, seems to be his only objective. Well, that's the yeah, thing, he's, though. He's it's like a dalliance. It's as, if, it's as if it's a toy he wants to play with. He has. Oh, no I agree, but he never shows, like, other evil. Like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, he, he's all of his plans like, focus on the witch, which is silly. Guy evil. I, like, well, I disagree with that. He's also conquering the world. He does want to conquer See, the world. 
but he but also that's, i think where this show starts to break down where it's like what so all, the whole show of course is about the witch and elstat versus germania but like what else is happening on this continent britannia is not on the continent they've retreated well france has been okay. conquered like so, where, what is germania doing well re- really quick before we i guess get too deep into that like the history of world war ii and how it doesn't follow that i guess since i don't know nearly enough about history i didn't worry too much about that i agree with brendan that the like germany germania whatever it, it doesn't show uh any signs of being broken down by world war one and so when you enter into the show you're not really sure why any of this war is happening there is no understanding from germania's side they're they're definitely right. just like there to be evil because we needed an evil so evil evil and there's no yeah. there's no better evil shorthand than nazis exactly like just just use them because everyone understands that they're evil and it's easy i didn't find auto that intimidating like every once in a while he'd do a thing but i think he was so Remote. almost like i think dalliance was a great word to use dan because i thought of him as just being camp like did any of you guys watch Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged at all? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, no. well, you don't need to, but there's a sequence where uh, they're talking- The one villain, Maximilian Pegasus, was just so absurd. Like, he had this flashy white hair, and he was always acting, like, so ridiculous. Like, he was just having a dalliance with everybody on his private island, and they had to- you know, this elaborate scheme to play, you know, a children's card game. And <laughs> None of this freaking- matters, I'm just having fun. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. He was just like that. And there's a scene where in, in Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series where he's like, oh, I'm so ambiguously camp. And, like, that's what I think of when I think of Otto. Like, he's just like, oh, I want the witch because I'm so ambiguously camp. And his, like, man, slave, blind guy, Elliot, is like, your highness, you should tone it down a notch for some reason. And you're like, who are you? What are you two? You're like a comedy duo, but you're evil. Like, I don't, I don't get yeah, like, it. The whole Germanian thing was, so you got a him and, and, and the, the manservant guy who are barely explored. You've got like the lady in charge of the occult department who was a character for two episodes, kind of in the background. And then really it's all about Berkman, but. Yeah, like we never, we never really characterized soul. the bad guys that well. Mm-hmm. Bingo. All right, before we move on really quick, I am probably, well, I, I think, Scott, you didn't hate it as much. I, I support the show through episode four. I agree that Elvira's mm. appearance in episode four is terrible. And, oh, and yeah, it was her. the first signs that things were beginning to crack. Uh, and just I was just, just like, for a little background uh, before you go too far into that, too. Elvira is a uh, journalist slash possibly spy from not America, the United States of Atlanta, uh, who's working with Elstadt to sort of sell the idea of the witch. She's also... Like a PR person. She is also flamboyant, possibly gay, and certainly a sexual predator. Yeah, she definitely, like... I didn't, like, or a playful sexual predator. She's just like, haha, I'm... She She does a lot of Fine's uh, fashion and outfits and, and stuff like that, like, like deals with helping Fine look good for the price, and the to, press. And to her credit, those outfits, Fine's outfits, are almost all spot on. Those are excellent. It's the ones that they give as Zeta that I have problems with. Oh, yeah, and Brendan has bigger problems with. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, that, that was very, very bad. 
uh, in that sense. So Elvira's appearance in episode four was really bad, but I thought episode four, and I wrote all about it, so I won't reiterate it too much, had a lot of really neat things that it brought up. It, it brought a lot of questions that I was hoping the show would answer, and the show semi-answers some of them, but way too late and way too mm. poorly. So I think as we veer into the rest of the show, five through 12, it's a good chance to now dive into why the show failed and and just why this was a major disappointment. So I think um, the the easiest way to start is really by, I think, giving the understanding that Izetta herself never grows into this character that Scott mentioned with the whole, hopefully we get a second strong lead. Um, she just never turns out to be that character. The show she is really very, very hell-bent on keeping her this, like, pathetic moe blob who's just like, I love Fine forever and ever. And, like, to be fair, in episode four, you get why she's like that because Fine effectively saves her life. But she never grows out of this mode. And it's Like puppy dog loyalty. I, yeah. I was actually going to say uh, exactly that, Scott, that Izetta in this show her characterization early on is like she's kind of naive she's you know she's younger than the princess she's less you know she's less worldly obviously but she really wants to help and she does feel a sense of obligation both to Fine and to Elstadt and that's cool and all and I thought like well that's a strong foundation for a character we can grow beyond this that does not happen in the slightest the the issue though is that Izetta's personality she is a loyal dog. Effectively, that's what she is. Her role could have just as easily have been filled by a particularly magically inclined corgi. And like, wouldn't that have been an amazing show? Oh, absolutely! I would have watched. Yes! That. I would have watched. You know, I would be all over this show. <laughs> I would have watched. Wants, I would have watched Boots, know the corgi? magical corgi. Yes. She wants to know corgi. Yeah, like, <laughs> di, like die last corgi. Yeah, die last. <laughs> die last corgi. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, so she doesn't evolve whatsoever. Dude, she... Screw you guys. Now I have this image of Ayn from freaking Cowboy Bebop <laughs> flying around, flipping tanks. Oh. I, you know, he's, got, he's got a silly little hat on, too. Of course. Like, oh a, gosh, like a little witch why? hat. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Okay, well. Now that we've right. come up with a better show by far. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah she, is, you know, she, is a, she is loyal to, the, to a fault. At the very end the extent of her relationship with uh, Fine, like, it's it's very obviously hinted from the very beginning that she and Fine have some kind of, you know, romantic attachment to one another. And the entire show, you're or just... Or that they will soon, and you're like, any minute now, show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're like, come on, come on, give them personalities that work so that this is a strong and loving relationship. No! You just no. want to grab them by love hells and say, kiss, damn you! But yeah. no, that never hap- That never happens. There's all this teasing and all this, you know, not even flirting because neither of them, like, Fine actually has, like, you know, confidence in herself and, ha- and you know, she's the one wearing the pants in this relationship, both literally and figuratively. That's right, in the masquerade episode. Uh, yeah, we'll somebody get to- gets to dress up like a prince. Yeah, we'll get it's to Fine. that. But um, Isetta is just, you know, she's... It's like she's shy and she's, you know, introverted and she's always blushing. And the ex- the extent, the showing of how much character she has developed happens in the penultimate episode. And it's, she can say Fine's name without an honorific. whoop de doo Japan, I know, this is, I know this is more important to Japan than it is to, you know, us in the States. And as far as I'm aware, most of the rest of the world. I know that it has as much bigger cultural significance for you guys. 
But considering the fact that you two have been in life and death situations, have been sleeping in the same bed on multiple occasions, have been close, have been so close and so obviously attracted to one another, you gotta go a little further than that. I'm not saying you need to, you know, make out on camera, but for the love of goodness, a hug wouldn't go amiss. <laughs> yeah, they definitely take the immature route, and especially, you know, with, with Yuri on Ice being in the same season I was watching Shimatsu, it was just like, oh my goodness, you, you Japan, you can do this, you're capable, I know it. And so that was that was really soul-breaking. Um, so we spent a lot of time, you know, kind of going through, I think, I think it was sort of a vent session, so to bring it into a, a structured format... Where where the show really broke down was a, a couple of strong points I want to hit. Uh, one of which was Berkman. So Berkman. Oh, yeah. So Berkman. One of the neat parts about the show was there's a secret wherein Izetta cannot use her witch powers all the time. You figure this out in like episode five or six. It turns yeah, the out ley line that map that Dan was mentioning before. Correct. Right. So witches draw power from ley lines, which are you know these magic lines that run under the ground or like in the earth. And she draws her powers from there. So an area that doesn't have ley lines, she is actually completely helpless. And so uh, this concept is, of course, a secret. And when they figure it out, they're they're desperately trying to hide the fact that Izetta's magic is not limitless. Berkman is a really, really intelligent Nazi, and he knows there's some sort of secret going on. And watching him try and figure out... What yeah, this was is like going what, on? Three ish, I would say. Right, watching him try and figure it out and slowly like play cards to eke out the secret was a really fascinating part of the show. Oh, and I wanted them to draw that out a lot more than they did. Definitely, and they throw it all out. Uh, really, in somewhere on I know my episode is is the total loss point, but episode eight is just a complete disaster. Because by the time we get there, what has happened is they just give Germania all the stuff, and we all have our different theories about it. But I'm convinced that like they just forgot how many episodes they had or something, and we're like, OMG, like we gotta wrap this up in four episodes. Like everybody needs to get everything right now, and all those plot lines you guys were planning. Like, just, just throw them all out there right now. So Germania just gets yeah, all have, the secrets. I'll have a bit to say later about the, the pacing of the show, but continue oh. for now. Right, so Germania gets all the secrets by that point, and this, this whole thing is, is just worthless. Like, Reset, who's uh, Berkman's right-hand man, he ends up going behind enemy lines and sneaking into Eldestat with, like, the utmost of ease and it was just he basically he literally just walks in and someone offers him a ride exactly and he's riding and that, around and, and that person is like the royal maid and her and like the royal guard yes to it's be fair it's to Latte. be fair they explain that they were in that area on a mission to find a potential spy but the fact that these two especially the <laughs> captain of the guard could not suss this out ah yeah, it's just killing oh, gosh, me show. Right, like, I mean, he just says things. Bianca, who is the royal guard, she doesn't actually check it. And, like, anyway, it all just amounts to this nonsense romantic plot that, oh, my goodness, it was just the like, worst yeah, thing. Reset walks in on Bianca bathing in, like, a like a pail in her room, basically. Yeah, in a bin. She's bathing in this giant metal bin, and I was like, all right, I could kind of maybe buy into this, but, like, that sequence was so awful and then 
It was oh. so like anime harem standard. Yeah, anime harem like, standard. And where then, did this even come from? Right, and then at the end, just everything works out for them. They figure out the whole secret. They get all the pictures of the ley lines, and then there's this final moment where you know Reset is like, "I'm sorry that I ruined the the White Witch." fairy tale for you and it's secretly dark and you know and then he's like the camera just zooms in on like his <laughs> one eye and i was like oh yeah baby give up give her the sexy eye because your 15 minute romance plot needs to be sold right now it's like it's like a danielle Steele novel like what is this nice reference please yeah it's just such trash like no thank you dan but it's it was so bad. Anyway, enough of that. So that's the first oh, yeah. point. Our tragic I, love can never be. Yeah, our tragic love can never falls off the, you know, the chew, then he gets oh, shot. Okay, I guess, guy I met yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And Bianca's like, huh? Like, yeah, even she's not really totally in on the plot. So oh. it was it was bad. So, so I think Berkman was a real heartbreaker. And just the, the interesting play of him trying to figure out what the whole deal was with the witch's powers. Um. The next plot point, I'm going to be quiet for a little bit because you guys have much better things to say than I do, is the mirror match of Uh, Sophie showing uh, up. So I mentioned that the White Witch fairy tale uh, turns out to be a tragedy. It turns out that the White Witch was betrayed by Eldestat, the the prince of Eldestat. I guess we 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 should back up for a second. There's a legend in Eldestat about this White Witch who defended the country way back when against invaders. And they've they've basically made Izetta appear to be the second coming of this. She is the new White Witch. Right. right. I guess and, in, the, in the original White Witch died under like mysterious circumstances. Some said like for whatever, for noble reasons, but it turns out not noble reasons. Right. There's there's a romanticized version wherein like the prince dies and the White Witch is eternally protecting Eldestat because she loved the prince forever. And it turns out that that's not true. And it was all a dark fairy tale. And the White Witch believes that the prince betrayed her and Germany, Germania, freaking like clones her with hundreds of year old DNA that they find. Like we're going Jurassic Park style here. So they clone her and she's walking around now and has half of a magic MacGuffin stone that the show invents in like, that they also 10. stole like from the stupid thing when like reset yeah, is what? getting all the secrets that he just yeah, finds this rock just... and he's like, this oh, looks important. Gosh. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, it was just invented. So you guys take it from there with the mirror match. Cause I think this was, this was a heartbreak and this is where the disappointment comes in. Oh yeah. Right. Like, so it, had, the show had already been on shaky ground and the bad part, the bad part for me was that, in, it was in the middle of an episode that I actually enjoyed. There's an episode where they're, you know, trying to navigate around the ley lines in order to attack a Germanian carrier uh, that's in the fjords of not Norway. And there's this whole elaborate thing. Like, she flies, and it's like, it's not where she thinks it is, and they've got all these air defenses. It was all a plot by Berkman. Basically, they knew that the ship was never going to survive the war, so they decided to use it as bait to lure her out to either destroy her or figure out her secret. And it succeeded. And that was awesome. But halfway through this episode, they flash to a scene of what is, you know, the White Witch, the original White Witch, Sophie, or rather, a clone of Sophie in a tank. And the moment I saw that, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, this can't be good. Is, is Germania growing its own witch? Right. Yes. And it's like, hey, guess what? They did. Like They did. And... And, and so you know like, where she gets know, her powers? Scott, let's remind ourselves of the amazing Masquerade episode. That was also episode uh, 8, where Germania gets everything. Episode 8, where everything is ruined forever. No, yeah, well, ta- like, really quick, they end up at this Masquerade ball, and 
freaking Berkman like gets the Facebook invite. So he shows up to this meeting with Eldestat and like Britannia and yeah, like all the ambassadors America. are at this meeting. Like, yeah, there's a lot of important people here, with... which is in London. Yes, right. Uh, I think yeah, it yeah. is in and, London like... with Clone Sophie and Clone Sophie like assaults is no no, no no wait it's, they're 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 in the they're in the castle Elstead, i think no they're definitely in the no, 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 london no. in that point or they're, they're in okay I think they're in britannia yeah okay well, britannia, they are, whatever they're in a place that like he shouldn't have been able to waltz into basically like there's dudes right. there's guards everywhere <laughs> exactly and so like clone sophie comes and like kisses izetta and bites her in the lips so hard that she gets some of her blood and that is what helps activate her clone powers or like makes her work i guess makes her remember all the stuff that she would have known before she died and was cloned because that's not how memory works <laughs> magic science. science magic yeah, science like, like, nazi science couldn't build the friggin a-bomb oh they did and they were though. actually trying to do that in the <laughs> oh my well, this is like this is like you know world. what do you want to call it like, like schlock you know action film nazi science where they can do literally anything yeah and holy today's hundreds. today's thing of choice is infinite cloning power over magic like Right. Okay, so sorry, more about the mirror match. Forget episode eight, because it was so yeah. bad. Brendan, right, you, so, you, oh. you pointed out, like, the whole, the cloning thing. It's like, they've been so, the guys had been so, like, magic aside, and I know that's a big thing to set aside, but they had really been struggling to, like, these are, you know, historically accurate weapons and planes and tanks, and the tactics are at least, you know, generally what you'd expect from at least like a Hollywood version of World War II, all of that. But then they pull out this cl this cloning thing and the A-bomb. Well, except not A-bomb. Okay, like a magic A-bomb. Basically a magical A-bomb. Like, and like, but yeah, the mirror match is basically, so, they, so Sophie gets the super stone and she uses it to defeat Azetta, but then Azetta is magically rescued and she gets the other half of the stone. And then the two, and the, and the stone grants the witches the ability to exchange their life force for infinite power, no matter where they are. Essentially, well, it's power that you power that you have already gathered, you can store. Right, you can steal the leyline power sort of permanently into the stone and use it wherever you want. So now there's no limitations on witches, like for these two witches, they're equally powerful to each other, and like the whole asymmetrical concept of our show with one witch versus all of Nazi Germany is completely gone, just out the like, window. Why would you do like that's the whole cool part of your show? You like, you promised me Nazi. You promised me a witch fighting Nazis. You and I bought that. You didn't think that was enough for me to want to keep watching your show. You had to raise the stakes in the laziest way possible. Right, like I could throw a corgi and hit <laughs> an entire pile of shows that have witches fighting each other in any direction. I throw that corgi. Like your show doesn't have to be that. Sorry, corgi. <laughs> oh he tries so hard um but yeah no you're absolutely right and it also didn't help that you know brendan pointed out uh early on the magic uh thing where she would like use her blood to like activate the magic in the area to you know throw ice spikes at airplanes and like you know she could flip tanks over and uh there are point and she could you know accelerate her you know the bullets from her gun so that it's actually powerful enough to punch through a uh the punch through a tank and all of these kind of neat things. But as the show goes on, and especially during the whole final big battles with, uh, with Sophie, uh, between her and Izetta, it just shows them throwing progressively larger and more ridiculous things at each other. I will admit 
Dan, I'm sorry, that was the best part. I will admit <laughs> Because that, it was so nonsense. I will admit that Sophie using trains as, like, flails was kinda rad. Was but, kinda rad, and, like, Izetta throwing, like, not Francis, the not Eiffel, ta- Eiffel Tower okay, yeah. was pretty sweet. And then it <laughs> no, shattering into stupid. all of its... I, I don't know why I don't know why that's where I drew the line, but the moment that happened, I was like, "Oh, come now!" Well, because Japan had to break the Tokyo Tower, like it just—I suppose they, they did. It. <laughs> it was just the best when it shattered into like the pieces of the not Eiffel Tower. I was like, "Yes, fine, whatever. I don't care anymore." Uh, right, but also they're like they're throwing. Basically, they start throwing fireballs at each other, for lack of a better word. Yeah, like and just, just like magi- well, coalesced magical whoa. explosions. It's yeah. like, come on! Like you had a whole limit. Like there's no limitations on power. And it's just people shooting explosions at each other, and, which again is kind of boring. And the end of it is is simply them both like gathering as much energy as possible, and it's just like my you know my magic ball is bigger. You lose, and that's the extent of it. They drain all the magic out of the world, and. Like magic is dead. Izetta and Sophie is Sophie is disintegrated. Izetta is presumably dead, and obviously they could they didn't even have the stones to actually kill her off. They only yeah. kill off secondary young, secondary characters, mostly young men who we don't get to know, but is supposed to you know make us think that the show actually has consequences. But no, no it's like Izetta. Turns out she's fine, just like, you know, in a wheelchair or whatever. It's like, God, come on, guys. You couldn't even you couldn't even keep the bittersweet ending. Yeah, I think this they was really this could. was really kind of killer. And so the, the third point I'd wanted to hit on, which is what makes the show bad, is definitely its compression uh, of a lot of plot points that pacing, yeah. Yeah, pacing. It it, it had a, this massive compression of, of plot points. Um I know Scott, I'll let you take Sieg's because I think you describe it yeah, best. I mean, yeah, but... I'll take Sieg for a bit, which was uh, like, so Sieg is basically like, he's the intelligence guy on the side of Elstadt, the country we're sort of following here. And basically he uses, I won't, I won't call it underhanded, but he uses ruthless methods to protect Elstadt. He'll do anything it requires to to protect it, which involves at one point killing a young Elstadian soldier who has overheard a secret. Uh, and you're like, oh, wow, this guy's like kind of hardcore and he'll, he really will do anything. What's his motivation? And also, uh, Elvira, the newspaper woman, at one point sort of confronts him over this. And there's this sort of idea that he's going to be the hard power, like, you know, sort of iron glove or iron iron fist. And she's going to be like the, the soft side of PR and intelligence and so on. Because uh, he, like, he's hiring people that she doesn't get along with. And you're like, oh, this is going to be an interesting thing. And then they just clearly ran out of time. Right. And I and think, like, Scott, you and I were also waiting for, because Fine is very clearly the... Like the gentle, the beautiful yeah, face of the war, and I was I was waiting for them to have this interaction where you know because Fine's heart bleeds for the country, and I was waiting for her to have this interaction with Seek where she understands what he's doing and almost yeah, like the dark things he's doing to protect them. right and and feels pain because of them like there's repercussions and she's like oh my gosh we haven't just been winning this war with my you know witch love interest we've genuinely been doing some deceitful things that never happens. Right, yeah, that 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 a confrontation like that never occurs. Like basically, no, there are no consequences for Sieg doing what he does until like the end of the show, and they're like, "Oh my God, we don't have an arc for Sieg." Uh, 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 have a random German soldier shoot him, quick, <laughs> and then they do. Like they like the the sense that they have a lot of plot points and they suddenly need to wrap them up because they forgot about them is legion in this show. Like it could have used being twice as long. I swear. Absolutely. And speaking of plot points and unnecessary or rather rushed compression. 
that's a redundant statement. Um, the reason that this young soldier that had to be executed, uh, oh my god, her overheard this was Sieg talking to one of the um, one of like the, the Elshot general. generals, uh, within walking distance of an army camp, which has a spy in it, and they suspect that there are spies. Like he has made it clear that he knows that there are Germanian spies all over the place, and. Within walking distance of this place, this kid overhears the general in Sieg loudly shouting into the forest their every state secret. Like, the witch wasn't, it's like, it wasn't actually the witch's power. It was all a setup. We've been, you know, we've been doing that. We've been doing this to fool Germania. They, they give away the entire game <laughs> like, to this one random thing. kid by accident. Well, I don't even know, like, who it was that heard it at the time, but it's like... Yeah, if only we knew, like, if only people knew that this girl could not use her powers everywhere, what would they think? And I was like, could you guys keep it down? What is your problem? Your operational security is terrible. You deserve to like, lose. Right, and neither of these people is bad guys. Like, the general isn't shockingly, like, the incompetent coward. No, like, they're he's just, just you know, just... He's, loud, he's loud and proud. Right, and, like, they just, uh, what... Really, that was your plan. Like, so Berkman's being all clever and interesting, and the generals are just shouting secrets. Uh, yeah, it's it, it was just horrendous. And I think, you know, there's other dumb plot points. Like, at one point, America is very... Okay, not America is very clearly going to betray the entire alliance. And, yeah, there was an know. entire sting at the end of one of the episodes about that. Right, that, yeah. Where America's Atlanta like, we need to kill the us. witch or something. Yeah, no, but we need to... They need call to that sh- out at the very end. They do, they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they kind of hint at it. But... You know what they never call back is what was happening to Azetta's powers in the flashback <gasps> when she was just set upon by the villagers. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Scott and I talked about this. Oh, like, were her powers offline. going all evil? That's what I like, thought. Yeah, I thought exactly. she was, like, draw, like accidentally drawing them from the land and stripping magic out, and that's that's all it was. Or something. Like, basically, she has, like, her magic has, like, a green glow to it, basically, and at one point, when she gets angry in this flashback, it starts, like violently turning red and she's like oh no i won't be able to control it and you're like oh she has some kind of dark secret or her powers can do something evil and that never ever comes back in even the slightest way yeah yeah i think it's just her accidentally ripping magic out of the ley line which in theory she shouldn't be able to do because she doesn't have the magic MacGuffin yet so it it doesn't totally make sense i agree with that um I, I think and then you know then there's sophie's backstory which i won't get into Mm. too much but like she Oh, the whole time after episode four, when they drop that note, that freaking the White Witch story has a dark twist to it. You're like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And in episode and also, why eight, does it matter? Yeah, yeah, why is it relevant? And then in episode eight, it like all gets revealed, and then nothing ever happens. Like they, they make <laughs> these wide swath jumps, and then in episode twelve, while throwing trains at Izetta, she's like, "Don't you understand my backstory?" And I was like, "Woman, we ain't got no time for your backstory. We are in episode twelve. You two are throwing not France at each other. Let's just let's just all calm down and die together, okay? Let's let's just, wrap let's this up in down. a nice explosion, please. Yeah, let's just all have the explosion <laughs> and be done. And then that like I don't even get that out of the whole thing. And oh. honestly, that was rough because. It was actually very well done. And I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I felt it was very touching to watch Fine like look at this light burst in the sky and Izetta finally like makes a choice for herself and is okay with dying because she's doing what she believes in. And I was like, okay, this is beautiful. I can get behind this. And then it's all a lie. And I was like, all right, you know what, show? I just hate you forever. 
So uh, yeah, the only good part about the ending was that uh, Lot finally grew in a vertical direction. Oh yeah. Yeah, Lot, Lot Lot ends up looking a lot like her sister. So you're like, oh, okay, that's that's nice, but whatever. Yeah, Watto's like a, a very young maid character. Carries around a stool. Yeah. yeah, she does carry on a little stool everywhere so that she can be super maid. But. All right. I was less angry with Lot than probably you guys were. Yeah, she just, no, that was her only I didn't dislike her. So I, I mean, she, yeah, she's, she, was just, she was just there. And she's fine. I agree that the stool carrying was kind of fun. All right, so that's pretty much what I had yeah, I think we covered cl- most of this stuff. I'm like, unless anyone wants to yell about the pie specifically. Uh, I was going like, to say, the pie we... is the only thing we haven't gone into. And all that... The pie was weird, but... All that is is that there was, yeah, there was a throwaway episode in the middle of everything. Like, we've just done... Like, this was right after Sieg has had to execute this kid in order to preserve state secrets. Wait, isn't it the same episode? Uh, like the, no, I don't think no, so. No, it's the episode after. The immediate episode okay. after, I think. I could I could have sworn that at the end no, of I the pie it... episode, Jonas is executed. Which yeah, I thought that was the same episode. Oh, actually, you might think, be yeah, right. Yeah, oh, because, geez. Brendan, you were very upset about like the tonal dissonance that was going on in that episode. Yeah, it's like we're oh, that's it's like right. we're, we're all sitting around and like sneaking out of the castle to go to a pie shop, and everything's you know really bright and sunny and hunky-dory, and then it's like, all right, time to execute this kid who's barely old enough to shave. Bam. I mean, yeah, that was crazy. And then, and then they don't even catch the real spy somehow. But whatever, that's just see, like the. Yeah, that so. was that was brutal. But the pie sequence is is really dumb, and you're just like, Fine, there are spies like everywhere. Your country is at war. Don't like yell loudly in a pie shop and clearly there, reveal yourself. There's going to be yeah, she, there's going to be one Germanian dude who decide who decides that he's just going to give his all for the motherland, and he's either going to shoot you or wait outside in an unmarked van and stuff you into the back of it before you can get back home. Which has already happened once. Oh yeah. So. Like there's precedence. It's so true. So in the but end, like, again, but again, so the key is that you said it's a throwaway episode, and it's a throwaway episode in a show that could not afford to throw away any time at all, which is what makes it so much worse. Oh yeah. You know what else? They never uh, said anything about how they captured Zeta in the first place. No, never. Yeah, mentioned. they just. It's just how did Germania t- get this this witch who theoretically like they said oh she took out a company at one point or a battalion or something ridiculous did she? Like, well, <laughs> they, remember that they said like uh. there's rumors that she took out a whole something or other like some large group of soldiers yeah but like we never figure out how she got into the vat yeah why she was in right. the box that they uh that they found her in and were and were transporting her and uh Fine back to uh Germania I feel like that would have uh, been useful information to try to do it again but instead they just go oh let's uh, you know grow our own witch and do that yeah. uh, so yeah long story short um lots of potential early on some really good attention to detail a little bit especially in the beginning of some you know some strong characterization and neat setups for an asymmetric uh an asymmetric like war story fight yeah. then uh rushed uh, rushed because they couldn't balance their time properly character arcs and plot lines that go nowhere uh the entire final fight is a mirror match that defeats the entire premise of the show itself and just a general lack of discipline and quality over the course of the show where it starts really really high and just starts slowly kind of thump 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 falling downstairs yeah, yep. I don't think it, it's not like a linear decline in quality, but there are moments where it's like, what happened to that guy's face for this whole scene? Uh, but then it'll kind of get good again. It's basically, watch the first episode by itself. Mm-hmm. It's a really maybe good even piece the first three. Yeah, you could go all the way to three and still have a good uh, and still have a good time. And I then still just support ass- four. Yeah. You could go to four. Okay, and then just assu- and then just assume they go on to win the war, but uh, otherwise, 
Yeah, just not a whole heck of a lot to recommend. It was this is one of the hardest ones because it was so disappointing. And I fear yeah. that after our experience with this, with uh Arslin when we originally You're stealing my fear. Okay, your fear. I fear. <laughs> please please elaborate. <laughs> that like every one of the shows that we've done the uh the simulcast reviews on has like started out okay or even good and then just like gradually turned to junk oh, no. yeah like arslan turned to junk about halfway through the first season conquer revolution managed an entire season but then turned to junk in the second one i don't think any of us really had high hopes for active raid <laughs> but that one <laughs> no. that one went to to junk pretty quickly um amanchu was not nearly as good as we are we're hoping it to be uh and i'm just worried that like the uh the causality is on the other side here. Like every show that we follow becomes bad because we're following. Is it. this oh, our no. fault? We should have followed handshakers. We should have followed handshakers. I'm just saying handshakers. <laughs> Would it have the opposite effect on a bad show? I wonder. Ooh. Well, it didn't work on active. Raid. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good. Point. It sure as hell didn't work on active raid. <laughs> All right. Well, we have gone way past the time we were originally planning on, but, Agreed. Uh, that's... but you know what? If we learned anything from Zeta, it's sometimes you should take a little more time to do it right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's, it's, it was just one of those shows that needed more time. And I don't know, like Brendan said, uh, in one of his reviews, uh, please, please listen to the biweeklies. We do really love anime. It's just that we're not, I don't know. We're getting unlucky here. Yeah. And Hey, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of other great stuff out there. Maybe one of these days we'll stumble on it. True. Come on, Little Witch Academia, please. Oh, you're, you're, it's going to be good. I can feel it's it. going to be good. Let's let's hold out. Let's hold out hope. Trigger hasn't let us down yet. In the meantime, let's curse. all just envision a better world where there's a show about a magical corgi fighting Nazis and punching Hitler in the yes, face. Yes, you want to corgi? Yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, all right, folks. Oh,